0: bear with me if you would, please. We're going to get through this together because we got some really wonderful insights to God's Word here this morning. Remember, God's Word is is a treasure. Everybody listen. God's Word is a treasure. And the deeper that you dig into God's Word, oh, the more treasure that you find. And so this morning, I really know that God has got us in store for some really wonderful treasure this morning. So, Luke chapter 17 and we've been looking at this and this is our this is part 3 this is our, our our final part of the marks of humility. And I love the songs that we sang this morning and you know bowing and surrendering but you know only humble people can bow, only humble people uh can surrender. And and so so when we're talking about the true marks of Christianity, you you can't get you can't go anywhere unless there's humility. You see See, our lives have to be marked by humility, and so we're gonna we're gonna look at the last two marks of humility this morning. And boy, I hope your lives are marked with with these marks of humility. Um, just real quick, um, Jacob, would you stand, please? And we want to welcome Jacob this morning. He, everybody, give the Lord a hand for Jacob and um, Jacob Jones. And uh, he just graduated from uh, tech school, and he is, uh, will be departing at some point in time and going to Kentucky, where he'll be stationed at. So um, we, we appreciate you, Jacob, and your, also your brother's in the military, and he's over in Kuwait right now, and we just want to thank all of our military families. But uh, we're glad you're here. We're glad that you graduated, and uh, off to Kentucky. Now be, yeah, now be careful in Kentucky. There are some really strange people over there. I'm just kidding around. (laughs) Hope nobody's from Kentucky. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 17. And now this is part three, and this is our final final of of the, the true marks of humility. And so we looked at the last two weeks, and number one, we found that the first mark was that we should restrain from offending others. Everybody say amen. You know, uh, look, um, look at what the Bible says, verse one and verse two, and and Jesus says to his disciples, remember that that uh, th- this this word disciples here is not just talking about the twelve. There is a group of people that would follow Jesus from place to place and place, and that group would get larger and larger. And incorporated in that group of people would have been some Pharisees, and so we have to understand that Pharisees are the opposite of humble because they we know from our study that they were very proudful people, and they were very arrogant. Uh, they didn't like sinners, and 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 they would they would often cause um, people to stumble when it came to that and those things of the Lord. And so there's this kind of this this point and counterpoint that God, He's teaching the disciples, He's teaching this group of people, but He's also pointing out, here's the Pharisees among us. Okay, so look with me. Number one, that true mark of humility. If we're going to be like Christ. If we're going to reach people the way that we ought to be and live that victorious Christian life, number one, we have to restrain from offending others. Look at what it says in verse 1. He says, it is impossible or it is inevitable that stumbling blocks should come. In other words, they're going to come. We live in a fallen world and, and, and things are going to come your way, stumbling blocks. Again, this, this Greek word has the idea of a trap that's set for us. So they're going to come there's no two ways about it and then it says but woe to him through whom they come Now again the Pharisees were known for putting great stumbling blocks in front of the people to hinder them on their spiritual journey and they did it in part by their heresy and their hypocrisy But he is calling for this kind of life church that leaves no offense that leaves no offense we shouldn't offend Anybody. And now remember, when we are offended, we're to forgive. Everybody say amen. Because it's going to happen. Uh, you know, you just wake up and get out of bed and 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 walk into the next room. And, and I mean you can be offended, but when that does happen to come, look, number one is you you just you just forgive. But but offenses are going to come for all of us, and and inevitably they're going to come. And we have to be a people that don't offend others. Everybody got that? You know, we, we, we choose our words that we say, and, and we choose how we look at people. We don't want to offend those people, because look at verse 2. It says, in verse 2, he's, Jesus says, you would be better off to die a horrible death, having a millstone tied around your neck, and to be dropped in the middle of the sea, than to cause one of these little ones to fall. Now, remember this word, little ones, it's not talking about infants. It's not talking about toddlers. It's talking about believers. It's talking about those who are young in the faith. He says that it's a very dangerous thing to cause people of God to fall into heresy and to to fall into sin. Humble people don't do that. Humble people understand that they have a responsibility to the truth for the sake of others. Now, real quick, the second thing, this other Mark of all humble people. Now listen, is that we're gonna be forgiving people. Everybody say amen. We're gonna be forgiving people. It says in verse three, it says, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him, forgive him, and it takes take seven times a day, do it seven times a day. In other words, as much as it takes. We talked about conditional forgiveness and we talked about non-conditional or unconditional forgiveness. And that means that if someone does something to you, and it's something that they, they did on purpose, it's something that they do all the time, there's a pattern, then we have the responsibility of going to that person and saying, hey, with love and grace, say, hey, Caitlin, man, you know, those shows you're watching, they're, they're, they're not good for you, you know, you, know, you need to, you, you know, it's not what God's word says, and then, and then she's going to say, you're right. Thank you, and then she's going to repent from that, meaning that she's going to turn from that thing. And you don't watch bad shows. I'm just picking picking on you, okay? But uh, and then that then and then she doesn't do it, and then there's reconciliation. But but there's that there's that conditional. There's that conditional. But then we have to remember there's that unconditional. That look, just because someone sins against us doesn't mean every time we have to rebuke each other, we just have to forgive them because love covers a multitude of sins. Everybody say Amen. All right, and so number three. So the next mark of humility, and we're talking about bowing, and we're talking about surrendering, and we're talking about being like Christ. Number three is that we have to recognize our weakness. Now, go with me if you will to verse five. Now, if we look at this, and um, and it says the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. So you have verse one, verse two, verse three, verse four, and he's talking about not offending. He's talking about he's talking about um, forgiving. And then it seems like an odd place, and then verse 5, is the apostles said to the Lord after hearing that, increase our faith. Now, I read some commentaries, and some, some commentary says that, that, that verse 5 um, was of a different context. It was of a, of a different story. But I just, dis- because they say it doesn't fit here, but boy. It fits perfectly here, and I'm going to show you why. This is all one story. And it's and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, first of all, let's understand that the apostles, these are the twelve. These are the twelve that Jesus chose. Now, the twelve become the apostles that we 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 are familiar with. And we have to understand, let's put this into context for you, in just a few months. They will have this responsibility of teaching and preaching and propagating the gospel without the tangible company of Jesus Christ because in just a few months, he is going to the cross for our sins. Now, they were to be his messengers. They were to become an eyewitness of the resurrection and to be the first generation of preachers to be given power over disease and power over death and power over demons, to be sent out with the power to authenticate the message of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Now, so what a privilege, right? Now, I'm setting this up because I want to show you the context of verse 5 because a humble person understands their weakness. And that's exactly, listen, that's exactly what, what the disciples were saying when they said, God, increase our faith. You see, they, he, he heard them, he heard Jesus teaching, and he heard them, he heard them you know, say things that don't offend somebody. And then he, then he hears, hears them say that if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to do all this thing, you got to forgive, you got to forgive, you got to forgive, you got to forgive, you got to bow, you got to surrender. And he, they hear this, and they, and they kind of look at each other, and then one of them just speaks up and just representing all of them, and they said, Lord, we're nobodies. The, the, we're, we're, we're sinners. We we can't do that. Lord, we can't do it in our strength. And and he said so so they said, increase our faith. And so you see, they knew that they were weak. You get it here? They 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 knew that they were weak here. And they, they knew that you know that godly is gonna that's that's an impossible thing to do, to go through life and not offend somebody. And and to go through life not offending somebody to the point of not accepting Jesus Christ. As their savior, and they're thinking, "My goodness, you know, we're offended all the time, and people sin against us all the time. I mean, here we are, we're Jews in this first century, and 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 we're being persecuted. We're, we're Christians in this first century, and we're being persecuted. Man, I just don't have the I, I just don't have the strength to do that. So Lord, would you please, would you please increase our Strengthen our weakness, and so increase our faith, and so that's exactly what they're doing here. I want you to notice something else about this, about the text here, and um, and they're basically saying, you know, we can't live like that. We need your help, and so this marks true saints. True saints, our weakness, and that is we need to live up to Jesus and to be His example, and we got to be honest about it. You know, Paul says in Romans chapter seven, we have to admit our weakness. Romans chapter 7, Paul says, I do what I don't want to do, and I and I don't do what I ought to do. You remember? Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul says, he says, I am the chief sinner. Look, Paul gets an epiphany where he gets it, and where the, where the Lord gives him a painful spear or that thorn in his side. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and it, he said it was like being rammed through his, his prideful flesh, and in humbling him, Paul comes to the conclusion that he has now found the secret of power for, for, he says, for when I'm weak, he says, then I'm what? I'm strong. You see, we have to, we have to, we have to admit and be honest that we are weak, that we, need, that we need our faith increased. Everybody say amen. And so it makes great sense of why the disciples heard that, and then they said, Lord, increase our faith. What they were saying was, is I'm weak, and we have to understand that. Listen, we're weak. The the true children of God, the true disciples of Jesus Christ, listen, we're humbled, and we know that we're weak. They're humble enough to submit themselves to Scripture and to virtue so that they lead people in the direction of holiness. You get it? They're humble as well to confront sin and someone else lovingly and to be merciful and forgiving. And they're humble enough to know that they are weak themselves. And that's why Paul says when you restore a brother, this is Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, when you restore a brother, consider yourself lest you also be tempted. Why? Because we're all weak. And we have to understand that we're weak. And what do we do? We ask the Lord to increase. Now, I see here in this text that they're feeling the weight of this kind of spiritual responsibility, and they're, and they're just being honest about their weakness. And so they say increase. Now, in the Greek, this word means to add. It means to supplement. It means to develop. It means to grow. And so, listen, do we ever need to practice this do we ever need to practice and just fall on our knees and bow our hearts and 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 surrender it all to Him? Because, ladies and gentlemen, we need to practice this in knowing that, listen, in our own human ways, there's some things that we just can't do, and so we have to ask God and just tell God, God, I'm weak. I'm just a I'm just a human flesh, but God, add increase my faith so that we can get the job done for Him. Amen, everybody. You know, you know. You like to gossip. Boy, gossip's horrible, isn't it? I mean, it's just a it's just a raging fire, it's cancer, and it and 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 it just kills a home and it kills a church. Gossip. And you you got to get to the place to where you you understand by God's word that it's not right. But then it doesn't stop there. You've got to humble yourselves. You you've got to have that mark of humility where you have to say, "Lord, I'm weak." And, Lord, I need you to take this from me. Lord, increase my faith so that I'm not a stumbling block and so that I'm not gossiping about somebody. And, and that's what they were saying here. They said, God, increase our faith. We're just nobodies. I mean, look, one was a zealot. One was a, was a despised tax collector. And, and four to seven of them were just plain ordinary fishermen They weren't Pharisees, they weren't Sadducees, they weren't a part of the Sanhedrins. These were just average people that Jesus Christ chose to be their disciples, and they're saying, wow, Lord, this is overwhelming. We can't do it. We're weak. Would you please increase our faith? Church, there's a lot that we can't do, and we don't get it done sometimes because we're not humble enough to say, God, I'm weak here. Increase my faith. Look at at the next verse. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. I mean, you're talking about forgiveness. Look, sometimes it's hard to forgive people, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to forgive some of the horrific and horrible things that they've done. And that's why you need that third mark of humility where you're dependent on the Lord Because it's got to be a supernatural thing. It's not going to come from our human side. So when we have to forgive somebody or even forgive ourselves sometimes, we just have to say, Lord, increase our faith. Now, I want you to notice how how Jesus responded to him here, okay? Notice how Jesus responds to him here uh, in verse 6. He says in verse 6, If you had faith like a mustard seed which a mustard seed is very, very small, he said, if you had that kind of faith, if you had that faith, you, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in, into the sea, and it would obey you. Now, what does that mean? Well, look, Jesus is just affirming the apostles. He's saying, you're right. That's what this text is saying here. He's just saying, you're right. You need a stronger faith. And he says if you just had a small amount of faith, you would have enough faith to have a powerful life. Well, I want a powerful life spiritually, don't you? And if we and if we and if we want that powerful life, then we have to understand it's not going to come from our human experiences. It's not going to come from those fallen people who's taught us. It's going to come from God's word. But it's going to come from surrendering and bowing down to Jesus Himself, and having that supernatural power where God increases our faith. You know, we've got seven seven our young people that surrendered their life to Jesus Christ to be full time ministry. Isn't that just great? I mean, I just love it. And you know, that's that's that first step. What they're saying when they're when they're surrendering, boy, it's kind of cold in here. When 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 um when they surrendered, what they're saying what they're saying is is Lord um 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 increase my faith. Increase my faith, but back to this text here, and we see that the Lord answers. And notice, notice um, what he says here. He's just talking about having this powerful life, and of course he's talking um, metaphorically. He's talking um, proverbially here, but he's got this analogy, and they all understood that, and they knew that he wasn't talking about moving trees around. And and um, the point of the Lord's lesson is simply this: is that you have, if you will trust me and if you'll trust my strength, the power to do what is supernatural will come to you because you won't be able to do it humanly. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you don't think you, you, you can always speak the truth correctly. You don't think you can set a pure example so no one stumbles. You're not sure you can live such a, a generous, merciful, forgiving life You're not sure that you can do that, and I'm telling you, and what Jesus is saying to him here is if you will continue to trust me and my power through you, we will accomplish a lot of things because your faith is increased. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Jesus said, Nothing shall be impossible for you. When you're humbled, when you're surrendered, when, you're, when you know your weakness and when you're depending on that supernatural power when your faith is being increased. He's saying, you don't think you could live like that? Verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. He says, you can live like that when you don't trust your flesh and you trust in me. Now, the disciples were honest. They're humble enough to say this is beyond us, and we have to get to that place as well. All right. You know we're building that building out there, and boy, you know that's beyond us, isn't it, everybody? Boy, that's that's beyond us. But you know God's going to do it, and and you know you know we've we've got to borrow a little bit of money and. And we may be overwhelmed, but, you know, it's, it's where we have to humble ourselves and it's where we have to say, you know what, God, um, humanly I don't get it and I don't see, I, you know, Lord, but we have to just have faith and ask God to increase our faith. Everybody say amen. And, and so we have to, we have to increase our faith in him. All right, point number four, reject honor. Reject honor. Verses 7 through 10. Verses 7 through 10. Look with me at verse 7. He says, which of you, if you had a slave? Now that word uh is is uh doulos in the Greek, and that actually means a, a bond servant, a, a bond slave, if you will. Now uh, a bond slave, um, you know, when we think of slaves, we think of, you know, you know, like what happened, you know, here, you know, that you know, they go get people and and you can go buy somebody and then you have your slave. Well, that's not what this doulos is. This is a bondservant bond servant or a bond slave. This person attaches himself to their master and they are giving responsibilities and that and that master you know feeds them, clothes them, um shelters them, and he's given responsibilities, and of course he's he earns his keep, okay? That's what this doulos or this bond servant or this slave is. Here and that's very important to understand. And he says, which of you? Because it's very common to have those those bond slaves or those bond servants. And 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 actually, it worked very very well when it was done correctly. But he says, which of you, if you had a slave, a bond servant, a bond slave, and he goes out and he does his work, so he's out busy and he's plowing, he's tending the sheep, whatever it is. He says, he says, which of you? who has one, will say to him, when he has come in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat. Look at verse 8. And will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may, I may drink, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and, and drank, and afterward thou should eat and drink. Look at verse 9. He doesn't thank the slave, the master, because he did the things which were commanded he's supposed to do. Now, these are all rhetorical questions. They wasn't expected to be given an answer because everybody knows that he just did what he was supposed to do, right? Look at verse 10, and here's the the point that, that Jesus is making. Verse 10, he says, and he's talking to the disciples, to these apostles, and he says, So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded to you, say, We are unworthy slaves, doulos. Bond slave, we've done only that which we ought to have done. In other words, if you have this slave working for you and he goes out and he does everything he's supposed to do, you know, you, you don't bring him in and and serve him and and thank him and give him off a few days because he only did what he was hired to do. And he's saying to us as Christians, and he's, and he remember he's making point and counterpoint because here's the Pharisees, you know, and, and they wore their phylacteries and they wanted to be seen by everybody. Phylacteries are little boxes that they put on their head and their arm and they're tied and, and they have Deuteronomy scripture in them and, and they, they made theirs bigger. You know why? Because they wanted people to see. What they that they were that they were religious and that they were so spiritual and the tassels on their clothes they made them longer why because they wanted to be noticed about other other people and they would pray publicly because they just wanted the attention they wanted the honor the Pharisees you know they loved those places of honor they liked to go to the banquets and sit in those places of honor they wanted to be part of the Sanhedrin because they wanted that honor and what Jesus is saying saying to all of us is hey listen. You're supposed to be humble, and you're supposed to be marked by this humility, and that one humility is that you reject honor because you're only doing what you're supposed to be doing. You don't need to have all of that pride, and as you're serving me, he's saying reject honor. Why? He says because you'll get your reward when you get to heaven, but while you're here, you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing. See it? See it? I remember um, when I was pastoring down in Louisiana, and that when we got to the church, and I'm sure, and this, look, I'm not I'm not making, I'm not saying anything. I'm just talking about me. But I remember um, on the little small stage, there was a big chair here, and there was a big chair over there. So when I got there, you know, I was told, you know, that, you know, this is, this is your place. Um, this is, you know, during the, the, the singing part and all that, that I was supposed to sit up on top of the stage towards the front in this chair. And uh, I thought, and, you know, I thought, man, that's a little odd, you know. But um, I, I did it, and it just, you know, because it, it was a place of honor for the pastor to sit. But, you know, I think I sat there a couple of times, and, and, and I just started <laughs> sitting out there because, you know, I, you know I, I wanted God to have the glory and the honor. I mean, right? You know, and again, I know that that church is a lot even you know twenty thirty, forty years ago that was pretty I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's that that honor thing and 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 um you know um we just want our lives to give honor to God and and as we're serving, we, we have to remember it's not about people seeing us and getting patted on the back. because we'll get our reward when we get to heaven. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, it's, it says that um, that it's all reasonable service, right? It's all our reasonable service as you submit yourselves one to another. So we're to be marked by humility. We're to be humble people. So number one, is we need to make sure that we're not offending, that we don't wear our liberties in such a way that we're causing other people to stumble. Number two is that we're eager to forgive. Number three is, um, help me out here, my mind's going, huh, know your weakness, know your weakness. Look, be truthful about it. You know, know that, that you can't do it in your own human side but know that if you're going to get that supernatural power that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, we know that we have to be humble and we have to admit our weakness because when we are weak, we are strong. The Apostle Paul figured that out because when he had that thorn in his side, he called it, it was it was, it was the flesh and he understood that he had to depend and he had, his faith had to be increased. And then number four, make sure that we reject honor, reject honor, all right? need to work on those four marks of humility. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you, and Lord, we do thank you for our Savior, and we thank you for the Word of God that we have. And and Lord, um, the only way we we understand that we're going to live powerful lives is to be humble and that we care about humility. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that needs to surrender, to bow for for any of these marks, Lord, that this morning that you'll just speak to their heart and, and open their minds to to come this morning, Lord, please. And Lord, we do pray for any that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Maybe they know his name, but, you know, Lord, they, they don't have it in their heart. It's, it's, it's only in their mind. And so, Lord, we pray this morning, you know, for that abundant life for those that, Lord, that you'll speak to them and that you'll speak to the Holy Spirit to to call them to salvation this morning. We love you and we give you give you we give you glory for everything in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey stand with me.